Again, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our guest segment. We're super excited to have him with us. Filmmaker Josh Peck is here. The name of the movie is Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking. And for those watching on the video feed, I'm holding the, the video box up. Um, this is available in a lot of formats uh, right now. You can get this uh, streaming. You can buy the actual uh, hard uh, DVD copy if you want to get it. Um, and we'll give you all that information uh, later in the interview. Uh, but it's about an incredible topic that, honestly, I watched about half of this today and I emotionally almost couldn't handle it. And I stopped watching it. I literally started to tear up and I knew I had to do a show tonight. And I didn't want to be in that emotional state because when it comes to anything in this world, when you talk about sexual abuse of children, it literally makes me sick. I, I can't even imagine how anyone could possibly do such a thing. And this is happening right here in our country, right here in the United States. And uh, we're going to get into this tonight. Josh Peck, good to have you with us, sir. Hey, good to be on. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I know it's a dark topic, but I really appreciate you being one of the few that's willing to discuss this on your show. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a tough topic. By the way, have you been with us before? I, I'm wondering if you had been. If not, welcome uh, for your first visit. Uh, no, I think this is the first time. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so we've had a lot of the Defender publishing people on over the years, and, and that's this video is part of Defender. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, Skywatch Films, so it's a new branch off of uh, Defender Publishing. But yeah, absolutely, it's we're all the same people. Yeah, so I want to start by asking you, um, there seems to be a, a really strange narrative going on right now. And, and I'm not sure that this is actually gets you get into this in your video or not. But uh, this whole QAnon thing, which... I've never been like a big follower of QAnon or anything like that, but some of my followers are, uh, they are interested in QAnon, but there's this, there was this uh, kind of competing narrative that came out a few months ago that because QAnon talks about child sex trafficking, that it's not true. But yet every time I go online to look at the news, like at least two or three times a week, there are these major uh, sex trafficking busts where like dozens and dozens of children are saved, but it seems to only be just get tiny minor coverage. I mean, I don't understand um, how this cannot be a bigger thing in the news. I mean, you would think if someone found dozens of children that were locked up and they were freed, that this would be like 24 seven coverage for days, but it gets a tiny mention 
And then if there's any other mention, Josh, it's just, well, this isn't true because it's all part of a conspiracy theory uh, from QAnon. So there's a lot of disinformation out there. Yeah, definitely. And th this topic, unfortunately, has become politicized. And you're you're absolutely right. The, the 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 busts that occur get very little coverage because the mainstream media does not want to give Trump any credit. They have politicized this, which if there is anything that both sides of the political aisle should be able to agree, agree on, it should be this. Uh, but unfortunately, like everything else, it's become politicized. I, I'm with you. I don't know a whole lot about uh, the, the QAnon uh, group, but... Um, I do. I have some friends who are involved in it. They don't seem like, you know, the vast majority of them don't seem like crazy conspiracy theorists to me. But again, that's anecdotal, so I can't really say for sure. But what I can say is they are, you know, they are standing up for the rights of children. They want to rescue children. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, I, I see them as allies, even though if I don't really even though I don't really understand the QAnon thing. Uh, when I see what they're passionate about, I agree with them. You know, we need to we need to rescue these kids and turn this country back around. But unfortunately, the mainstream media does not want to give uh, Trump any credit. So it's easier for them to claim the whole thing is a conspiracy theory. Uh, it's because these people are are more worried about themselves and their own image. And, and, you know, I'll tell you what, in the movie, in Silent Cry, we actually don't mention QAnon at all in the movie. But, you know, what's strange is I have some um, close friends that are uh, that have, you know, popular conservative uh, shows like names that I'm not going to mention. But if I did, everybody would know who I was talking about. Uh, millions and millions of viewers. And I asked to go on their show because I know some of these guys personally. And I was actually told they can't have me on because they would ruin their credibility. And so, of course, I'm wondering, well, what in the movie would ruin your credibility? Because there's nothing conspiratorial in the movie. Anything that's based on anecdotal evidence, I'm honest about in the movie. We do get into some things that are just eyewitness accounts, and we're totally honest about that. Uh, but I also know my audience, I, and I know other people's audiences. So in the movie, we do deal with uh, the question of, of Jeffrey Epstein. We do deal with uh, satanic ritual abuse and, and these kinds of things. But we put it in the place where it belongs, as, as there are eyewitness accounts towards these things. But as far as some type of smoking gun, you know, we, we just don't have it. If I was on these shows, I wouldn't be talking about that, obviously, because that's not their audience, and I, I'm sure they wouldn't be asking me. Uh, I will say, though, there's one exception to that. Turning Point USA has been phenomenal. Um, I reached out to them. They were really happy to welcome me on board. They, they put me up on their website. I'm one of their speakers now, so I do want to give kudos to them, and I want to give kudos to you because, again, you're not worried about ruining your credibility, which is, is just ridiculous. You're, you're worried about these kids, and you want to help these kids, so I really appreciate uh, you having me on and refusing to take part in the politicization of this topic like so many, unfortunately, in this country have. Well, thank you. And, and it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, we, we've had some big name guests on here to talk about Epstein. Uh, we, we, we've, we've gone into this t topic in a lot of detail and, and there's a lot of questions about how Epstein was able to get away with this for so long. And even after his 2008, uh, conviction, which was, which was a 
joke, that settlement he made where he got just uh, like 13 months in some minimum security wing where he had privileges to leave during the day and all of that. Even after that, there's still evidence of all of these, you know, famous uh, people, uh, former President Clinton, all of these people still associating with him. And I can't make any sense of that. Like, for example, you know, number one, I mean, if if you were like a Bill Gates or or a Bill Clinton or, you know, one of these these people, uh, Les Wexner, why would you tarnish yourself by being connected to a guy like this? I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. And and unfortunately, when you start searching for like other reasons, you, you can't really come up with other reasons. And uh, how he got away with it, how he got away with it for so long. And uh, one of the things you get into in your video is this whole idea of these uh, pedophiles, these traffickers. They bring in young, uh, mostly women, young girls. Uh, I don't want to say women. These are girls. These are underage. And then they get them involved to the point that they're out recruiting to bring in other young girls. And this is exactly what Epstein did. So what thoughts do you have about Epstein and, 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 and his connections and how he got away with it for so long and, and your thoughts about his process, which was to use the young girls to recruit more young girls. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Epstein was not a unique case. There's a million Epsteins out there, you know, maybe not as many as famous, well, really infamous or well-known or as, as rich as Epstein was. Uh, but there's a million of these guys out there. Uh, and it, it's really unfortunate. But you see that same tactic. They use children to recruit other children. And you see even more low-level traffickers and groomers do this as well. They'll do it in uh, Child Protective Services. It is inundated with this stuff. They'll do it in the public school system. Uh, you can actually have nine-year-olds recruiting nine-year-olds. And these are kids. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. They're either being threatened, so they're fearing for their lives, or they don't, they don't know that there's any other option. They don't have a way out. I mean, you know, up, up to a point, the, these are just, these are children being victimized, even the ones that are being used to recruit. But what happens is these children, they grow up, they become adults, and then they become uh, actual adult traffickers themselves. They they become the the monsters that once victimized them, and they continue the cycle, which is which is really horrific. I, I want to make mention too that there are uh, a, a few really good places out there that are trying to break this cycle. One of them is Whispering Ponies Ranch, which we're affiliated with, and Whispering Ponies Ranch uh, takes kids that have been uh, rescued out of sex trafficking and sexual abuse. And they, they bring them into the camp to, to heal through uh, therapy ponies and stuff. And a lot of these kids, they grow up to just do amazing things in their lives. So Whispering Ponies Ranch is breaking the cycle. And the reason that I bring that up is because 100% of the profits of Silent Cry, uh, the movie, go to Whispering Ponies Ranch. So I'm going to be really pushing hard and have been uh, for the past couple of months that people need to go see this movie. But I don't want people to think that it's for my fame or my fortune. It has nothing to do with me. 100% of the profits go to Whispering Ponies Ranch to help these kids. So that is one small thing people can do. Uh, and leave a review for the movie on Amazon if you get it on Amazon. Or uh, they can also get it at skywatchtvstore.com. Uh, but, yeah, we do deal with that scene in, in the film uh, quite extensively. But there's already been so much 
uh, on Epstein that, uh, that that we didn't I didn't want to rehash things that have already been done to death. So uh, we do talk a little bit about his apparent suicide. Everybody everybody pretty much knows that he was murdered. Uh, but what we get into more than that, we we really use that as just kind of the springboard to get into why. Why was he involved in this? And what, what, like the question that you brought up, how do people get involved in this? What, what's their whole, um, uh, reason for, for doing it, for getting involved with someone like Epstein? I think it's a variety of different, different reasons, but I think one of the reasons that's not talked about a whole lot is the whole spiritual aspect. Uh, so Epstein absolutely was in, in, in the occult. I mean, and there's, there are, uh, things that were found on his island pointing to that fact. There were several things. And on his, um, Zorro, uh, Epstein's Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. Uh, among, uh, things like, you know, the temple that most people know about, there was also a giant sundial with 13 chairs pointing to what appears to be rune stones. There's gods and goddesses all over the island. A green man from antiquity, uh, antiquity, excuse me, and labyrinths. When labyrinths connect to child sacrifice, according to ancient mythology, but there are certain symbols that are actually repeated from the Zorro Ranch in New Mexico, as well as Epstein Island, specifically a giant rectangle berm area uh, on the island that had uh, these same symbols from the ranch, four paths leading to a circle with a square in the middle of it. Hmm. And ancient occult sites discovered around the world use that same pattern, such as uh, Egyptians, human sacrificing Mayans, and... That was the main thing that uh, they tried covering up. So th th we deal with this in the movie and we show the pictures. Images on the island were captured in 2013 of this berm area on the island showing these symbols. But then in 2017, this would have been the time that investigators were closing in on Epstein. There was this really sloppy effort made to cover it up by building a, a so-called tennis court over the berm area. But we show the pictures. I mean, there's peaks and valleys in this thing. You'd break your legs if you tried to play a game of tennis on it. Uh, and then, um, so there was an effort made to cover it up, but then in 2019, the inside of the berm area was completely removed, destroying everything that used to be there. So there was something that he was trying to hide. Some people might say, well, this is just decorative, but I don't, I don't think so because, uh, because again, why, why go to such great lengths to hide a decoration? I think that there is a spiritual aspect of this. I think Epstein was involved in the occult and I think some of the people, uh, I don't know which ones or how many or who, but I think some of the people that are found on those logs and that were at the island were there for occult ritualistic uh, purposes. And I, I think that they share this common uh, dark religion. So I think that's part of, of the answer. Uh, now, of course, it, it doesn't always tie into the occult. That's a small fraction of child sex trafficking. Uh, most of the time, it's just traffickers trying to make money, and they do. They make a ton of money unfortunately, in this trade. Uh, but the occult side is rarely ever talked about, so uh, we do deal with that in the film. And one of the heartbreaking statistics, if I understand this right, is using conservative numbers just here in the United States, because we don't know really what's happening necessarily. We know this is worldwide, but we can't really get those numbers, as you say in the video. But we're looking at at least 500,000 kids in the United States that are being sexually abused multiple times a day. Uh, tell us what those numbers are. It, it was literally hard for me to even listen to that. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. And, and you know, I think this is, this is why up until now a lot of people 
have kind of disregarded this issue. Still do. A lot of people still disregard it. And I, I think it's because people don't want to admit that this happens in our country. In, in these regards, in the regards of child sex trafficking, we're, 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 uh, we're the wor- one of the worst countries for human trafficking. We may as well be a third world country. One out of four victims of trafficking are children. And you're right. Uh, I, and this is a conservative estimate. It's anywhere from 200,000 to 1.2 million. But we, we played it safe in the film. And uh, Jakob Buyans actually gives the statistic. And he uh, got that statistic from his organization, sharetogethernow.org. If people want to check that out, a great place for stats for this. Uh, but he said that um, around 500,000 kids are being trafficked per day in America. Now, that doesn't mean a new half a million kids are being uh, abducted every day. It's just that any given day, uh, there are half a million kids that are being trafficked. And a child who is trafficked is raped on average 5 to 15 times a day. So this is their whole existence. This is all they know. Only 1% of this crime of trafficking is ever reported. And this is here in America. One of the most horrifying things that came out in this film was uh, we look at the average ages of child sex trafficking victims, and they're about what we would expect until we take a look at one thing that's usually left out. So the average age of girls actively trafficked is uh, about 12 to 14 years, and boys is about 15 years. But these numbers are a little bit skewed because the average life expectancy of a child who is trafficked is only seven years. So this means the children who die are not counted in the average age of active active trafficking, making the age appear uh, older. So if the average life expectancy of child uh, trafficking victims is seven years, that means only half survive past seven years, while half are killed at ages younger than seven. And kids die by either the violence of the trauma of the rape itself, drugs that they're given, suicide, or they die alone on the street. And again, only 1% of this crime is ever reported. So a lot of people don't want to admit that. But even in adults, it's even really bad with adults. 98% of global prostitutes are not actually prostitutes. They're trafficking victims by definition, because for it to be prostitution, it has to be completely voluntary, meaning if there's any force, if there's any fraud, coercion, if they've ever been raped or abused, uh, if they've been told that they have to do it to pay off a debt, then that's not prostitution, that's trafficking. So when we think about in this country and in the UK uh, and, and other places around the world, all of these people standing up for supposed sex workers' rights, they're not actually standing up for sex workers' rights at all. They're standing up, whether they know it or not, they're standing up for the ability of traffickers and abusers to to traffic human beings in the sex trade. And, of course, they're going to deal in children, too. Uh, and that's where they mainly want to deal because children gain a higher price. So it's absolutely uh, horrific what this country and really what this the world that we live in has come to. But most people don't want to admit that it's it's as bad as it is here in America. But th- those are those are the conservative statistics. Everything that I just laid out. It very well could be a lot worse than that. And, and, uh, you know, I know you get into the child protective services and, and this group called the finders, which sort of sounds like a, a cult type of a group that, uh, and I want you to share that story here in a minute, but we had a case here in St. Augustine, Florida, um, a, a guy, uh, a family, they were uh, foster parents for child protective services. And now they're talking about 70 plus kids were sexually abused in this home and they were selected as uh you know foster parents 
And the foster system, I guess what people don't understand, Josh, is, you know, when a little kid goes missing, immediately all of our phones buzz that it's Amber Alert, somebody's missing, a little kid is missing. So when people hear these stories about 500,000 are being trafficked and you hear about these busts, they're like, well, well, why didn't we get an Amber Alert? These are not children that have families like a normal family taking care of them that would report them missing. Explain where these children come from and and these 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 lost kids that are sort of floating out there that are taken advantage of by everything from the, you know, negligence of child protective services to the outright planning of these foster homes uh, to bring these kids in and take advantage of them sexually and otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Most assume that the majority of kids in sex trafficking got there, uh, got into it from a kidnapping. And sometimes, um, that does happen. There are, you know, there are kidnapping situations, but it doesn't happen as often as most people think. So sometimes children are found through boys and girls clubs, uh, or even in church settings. Kidnapping absolutely does happen, but a lot of times traffickers are more clever in their approach to procuring children. Uh, because we have things like the internet and the dark web and stuff like that. So traffickers will use, as we discussed before, they'll use children to recruit children, and sometimes that means sending them into foster care or protective services in order to find other kids that traffickers can target. So uh, you can literally have nine-year-olds recruiting nine-year-olds, but sometimes children are sent into schools to recruit other students, and we saw that in the case of Jeffrey Epstein. So he and Ghislaine Maxwell would rape a child, give the child money, and then tell that child to go to their school and find other children to bring over. One of the most horrific things about this is that a child can actually be trafficked without the parents even being aware of what's going on, because kidnapping, again, doesn't always accompany a child trafficking scenario. A trafficker can pose as a young girl's uh, older boyfriend and start selling her, but the girl is allowed to return home as if nothing happened. Most times the parents aren't even aware that uh, the girl or, or has a boyfriend or anything like that is going on, uh, such as the case with, uh, or and sometimes it starts off as a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Sometimes it's just straight up uh, fear-mongering abuse and threats. So that's what happened with a survivor that we have in the film, Alonka Deaton, her music manager, uh, when she was 12 years old, actually started uh, raping her and trafficking her. And But she was allowed to go home for a little while. And he would tell her, don't tell your mom, don't tell your brothers, don't tell anybody, or I'll kill all of them and make you watch. So that also happens. And the parents have no idea. The parents could be doing everything right. And they have no idea this is going on. They might notice an attitude change in their daughter or their son, because it happens with boys too, but they just assume that it's part of getting older. It's a part of becoming a, a teenager. Um, and actually in the film, we have, uh, Alonka's brother, Jakob Bullions, who I mentioned before, and he was, he was the one that actually helped rescue her out of that situation. And in the film, uh, Yako says that the child that is most at risk is not actually a child who lives in a poor neighborhood because that child likely has seen crime firsthand, so their radar is more up. Instead, he says that the child that is most at risk is a middle-class suburb child who is oblivious that this kind of thing even happens because their family doesn't really talk about it. Uh, wow. A kid who escapes into a cell phone whose uh, parents are even still together and relatively well-off financially 
uh, but that child doesn't have any kind of radar. So along with kids oblivious to these things, kids who are more withdrawn or loners, uh, who aren't as social as most, those can be seen as targets, especially if that child doesn't have the best relationship with their parents, because then a trafficker can swoop in and play the hero. And that's one way that grooming works. That's why we, uh, I, I, I made sure to put in the film how strong uh, and important strong uh, family values are, because if you have the trust of your kids, it's going to be a lot harder for a trafficker to come in and, and kind of play the hero. And that's what they do. If a kid is neglected, even a little bit, maybe the parents are doing everything they can, but it's a two-parent household and both parents have to work just to make ends meet and the parents are doing everything right, but still the, the kid doesn't have a strong relationship with the parents because they're not, they're just not there. Well, that, that can allow a trafficker to, to have an easier time convincing that child that he or she, because sometimes traffickers are women too, but he or she is the hero. All they got to do is pay a little bit of attention to the child. So it's becoming increasingly easier uh, for traffickers and groomers to obtain children, and they don't have to go to as great of lengths anymore as uh, a kidnapping. A lot of times they can uh, they they can put a child in a trafficking scenario and still have them return home and have have no one the wiser. That that's really horrifying to think about. I, I'm I'm a parent of four children, uh, five on the way. We got we have a fifth one on the way now, and I mean the thought of that is just is, is terrifying. Now, you live in Oklahoma, I understand from the video, and you say in the video that uh, some of these, you know, towns like, you know, Oklahoma City or or the Atlanta, Georgia area, these are areas that you would think are safe areas compared to, say, like a downtown Chicago or, you know, even, you know, San Francisco, places like that. But it is these areas, these sort of more uh, quieter, less crime ridden areas that these people tend to operate in. Is that right? And, and tell me why that would be. Yeah, yeah. So I live in a really small town in Missouri. It's it's pretty close to Oklahoma. There we're we're basically neighbors to Oklahoma, but I live in a really, really small town, one of the kinds of towns where everybody knows everybody. Uh and what one of the most surprising things was when I first started investigating for this movie, I was finding areas local to me where there were um, trafficking rings being busted. And, you know, thank God they're being busted, but that made me wonder, well, these are just the ones that got caught. What about all the ones that aren't getting caught? Right. And through investigation for this film, I found out it's actually really common for this kind of thing to happen in small towns because uh, they can fly under the radar. There's advantages to the traffickers to operating in small towns because they're not going to have as many eyes on them in that way because typically people in small towns are a little bit more trusting. So you can have somebody that you've known for years and then you find out one day that they're a trafficker. Now, big cities, there's, uh, there's a lot of people there so they can fly under the radar in that, in that scenario as well. You know, just kind of get lost in the crowd. That happens as well. Uh, but yeah, they've been hitting, uh, they've been coming out of the cities and been hitting the, the, the small towns more recently. I don't know how long, at least the past decade, but probably longer than that. Uh, so, that was that was really surprising to me. Most people that are watching this film, there probably uh, is a trafficking ring either in your town or a town close to you, even if you're in a suburb, even if you're in a small town like me, and you probably have no idea about it because, again, what, what we see in the headlines, the little bit that ever gets reported on it, uh, that's only 1%. So 99% of this isn't being reported. And that, that, so in the film, we try to give uh, 
parents and children things that they can look for, things that they can do to protect themselves. Uh, it all it all really centers around trust in the family. That's going to be where it has to start. But there's you know other practical things as well that we get through in the movie. Like uh, there, there's really no age where it's too young to talk to your kids about this issue. All you got to do is talk to them uh, at the level they can understand. So you know I have a four year old. And, uh, he and I talk, but he just knows that there's, there's bad guys out in the world. So you have to listen to mom and dad. And when we go out, stay right with us, always hold mom or dad's hand. And, you know, we talk to him on a level he can understand. Uh, at the same time, I have a 10 year old, so we can, we can talk a little bit more with her. But the, the reason that I, I created the movie the way that I did, I had my kids in mind because I want parents to be able to watch this with their kids. So there's no, like, there, there's no graphic representations of anything. Uh, parents will be able to watch. I've, I've watched it with my kids. Uh, actually, a couple of my kids are in the movie, uh, as, as B-roll actors, uh, but, um, you, you'll be able to watch this with your kids and learn a lot and have a good conversation with your kids. It's important that our children know what's going on because, again, we want to develop that radar in them because kids that don't have a radar, if you've never talked to your kids about this, they're, they are the kids that are most at risk because they don't even know what to look for. Uh, so it, it's really important that we be informed and that we be willing and, and open and make time to talk to our kids about this. And Josh, what is the profile of these people that are taking advantage of of children? I mean, is there a profile? Obviously, in recent months, we look at the Jeffrey Epstein case and we see, you know, a, a rich, privileged guy who had a lot of money, uh, you know, could have dated adult women that were sexually attractive. Uh, you know why he would be wired to want to go after little kids. I, I, I can't comprehend that. And I, I'm trying to figure out who are these people and where do they come from? And is there any way to spot them? I, I, I don't want to jump off the deep end that, uh, you know, the people in Washington DC are involved, but I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that they're representative any more or less of society. And if I had to guess, I'd say they probably represent, uh, the, 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 the lesser, uh, moral part of society than, than the other uh, side of the equation. But, you know, who are the, the end consumers? I hate to use that word, but 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 who are these people and and uh, who are they in our society? Yeah, that's and it's terrifying because it's a crime that doesn't profile there. There is literally no profile uh, for who these people are, which is is terrifying. They can be anybody. Um, and you, you can take any group in America. You know, you can take, you know, Christians, uh uh, elected officials in D.C., um, you, you know, you can take any gr janitors, you can take any group in America and you're going to find these people in that group. There's no group mm -hmm. that's immune to this because for some reason, and I don't know why this is the case, uh, but for some reason, this crime doesn't profile. You can have people where it, it does absolutely seem like something's off with them and, and you get a, you get kind of a skeevy vibe from them and then you find out later that they're involved in something. But then sometimes you don't get any kind of vibe at all. Sometimes it's, you know, your best friend that you've known forever and, and you, you, you would have no idea that anything like this is going on. And then one day you find out that he's been arrested for producing child porn or something like that. So unfortunately, uh, there's no way to really tell who exactly is involved without knowing their intimate personal lives. 
Uh, and so the best that we can really do is just take steps to mitigate against it. So things like, you know, don't let your child have a cell phone at too early of an age. I don't think there's really any reason except for maybe emergency phone calls that a child needs a cell phone. Um, I, I'm a big advocate of homeschooling. Uh, I, I would love for every parent to get their kids out of public school and at least find a good private school uh, or homeschool if you can. And I know that uh, that it's difficult. We went through the process ourselves uh, in our household, and it's 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 difficult. You you need to develop an exit strategy, and sometimes it might even take a couple years. Uh, but I'm a big advocate of getting that started now because a lot of the public school systems are, are cesspools for this. I'm not going to say every public school system. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. Uh, but typically, we hear more of these cases happening in public schools rather than uh, private schools. But but also, there are um, there are parents that will traffic out their own kids. And, and like the, 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 when these parents get caught doing this, their community is shocked. They, they, these are parents that would have gone to church with them. They would have seen them mowing their, their yard. They've seen their kids. Their kids seem fine. You know, n nothing would have seemed out of the ordinary, but there are actual parents that are trafficking out their own kids, uh, just to make money. It, it, it so it, it's terrifying. Unfortunately, there's no way to, to profile the person, uh, but you can, you can learn to, to, uh, kind of mitigate against the risk in certain ways and, at the same time, we don't want our kids to be absolutely petrified of the world. You know, we don't want them to just be shut in and, and uh, close them off to society completely. We don't want to do that, but we do want to make sure that they're that they're safe, and we want to make sure that our kids trust us enough that if something weird is going on, that they'll tell us. A lot of that has to do with openness, honesty, and humility. So we have to, as parents, one of the strongest things that you can do to build trust with your kid is admit when you do something wrong. That's not that. And I know it's really hard. It's really hard to do that, especially us parents, because we want to we want to put forth this image that, look, I, I am the standard bearer and and you need to do, you know, you know, you need to do what I say because I do know best. And all of that is true. And that's 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 a good motivation to have, because that is true. But at the same time, we are fallible, we are human, and if we try to act like we're not, if, if you've never admitted to your child that you've made a mistake, uh, then your child isn't going to trust you as much as he or she would if you have. So, um, you know, with, with my, even just simple things, you know, if, if, like in our house, there was, there was one time a cat knocked something off of our shelves and I, I thought it was one of the kids throwing a ball around and playing around and they, you know, something broke. And so, uh, without asking, I, I just assumed it was, uh, one of the kids and I started to get after, uh, the, you know, I started to get after my kid and then my kid tells me, well, dad, that, that wasn't me. That was the cat. So now I could have done one of two things. I could have done what some parents do and I could have said, yeah, but you know why I thought it was you because usually you play rough in the house and <laughs> I could have still tried to turn it into a way where he was yeah, wrong, you know, right. Uh, or. Or you can just do the honest thing. And so what I did, I, I just said, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're okay. You're well, that makes sense. You know, the, the cats are clumsy. So, sorry, I got a little heated there. And, you know, I'll be more careful about that. But thank you for being honest with me. And thank you for being patient with me. And, you know, we're all human. And then remind them that you're human. Uh, and you, you can build a lot of trust with your kids with just really simple things like that. So it, all of this stuff, it's, it's, it's just, it's little tips that we can, uh, put, put into our family to try to mitigate against the risk. But unfortunately, the risk is everywhere. And there are times that parents do everything right and it still happens. 
So what we really need is a total culture shift. We need we need a, a total revolution uh, on, on the cultural side, and we need to not wait around for uh, a political solution. You know, it is important that we vote. We need to vote. We need to get good people in office. But ultimately, that's not going to be the solution. What What's really going to do it? I use this example uh, when I do interviews. Uh, think about, you know, a few years ago when um, the country was starting to take the health crisis seriously. And there were some big cities, there were some major cities like New York that they decided, okay, well, we're going to have a political solution. Uh, nobody can buy large pops anymore. And, you know, everybody hated that. You know, people <laughs> in New York were upset about it. it. It didn't work at all. It was a total failure. But then something else happened. There was a cultural shift. You know, documentaries were starting to be made about um, healthy options for, for eating. You know, people were taking it upon themselves to eat healthier. And there was just kind of this cultural shift where individuals decided, you know, I don't need a government official to tell me what to eat. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to eat whatever I want and I'm going to be healthy and get a salad. Uh, so it was individuals that did that. And now... Uh, you know, for better or worse, everybody has split opinions on this, but, but now everybody has heard of the ketogenic diet. Everyone's at least heard of it, you know, whether people agree with it or not. Uh, but everybody has at least heard of it and has an opinion about it. And that's so strange. It didn't come from a political solution. It came from individuals taking health seriously and trying to find out what's really going on. There's no reason that that can't happen with child sex trafficking. And that the only solution is going to be us as individuals deciding to take it seriously, to not just write everything off as conspiracy theory. There is some sensationalism out there. We can't just believe everything either. There is a lot of sensational stuff out there, so we have to be careful uh, and, and make sure that we can verify things before we post them online and things. But we can't just write off the whole thing and then expect uh, the problem to get solved or to go away. That's how this problem has gotten as bad as it has is because it's been largely ignored until really this year, until 2020, people are finally starting to wake up. So uh, in my opinion, I think that's our best hope at putting an end to this. Final question. There was a very disturbing video clip that you shared inside the movie. Um, it's a woman, I believe this was in Europe somewhere. She's speaking to a conference and she's talking about pedophilia as a so people are born with this attraction to children and we shouldn't judge them and their feelings are not wrong. And I'm thinking to myself, am I watching this? And like, am, am, have we literally now decided that pedophilia is just like another sexual attraction on the menu that someone can uh, select? Uh, so now we're playing games with what gender are people, whether you're homosexual or heterosexual. And now we're we're introducing this idea that pedophilia is just another choice on that menu of things uh it's try they're trying to normalize this am i understanding that right absolutely and what's really scary too is that video is actually a couple of years old it's actually an outdated video but a lot of people haven't seen it because it was it was a tedx talk and immediately after it went out there was a huge backlash so tedx took it down but we were able to find a copy of it and we put it in the movie because the only reason they took it down, it wasn't because they actually felt it was wrong. They took it down because of the public outcry. <laughs> you know, that was it. So, you know, on one, on one, you can't hand, make this stuff up. It's, it's like, you can't make it up. I yeah. mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. On one hand, it's, it's kind of scary because it's like, wow, there are actually people in this country and a lot of them who believe this stuff. 
But on the other hand, it's a little encouraging because we can we can say, okay, well, it didn't take that much to get that video taken down. It would not take that much uh, the next time. So like when uh, that movie Cuties went on Netflix, uh, there was a, a huge backlash to that. And a lot of people, myself included, ended up canceling uh, Netflix, canceling their subscriptions. I think if we have more stuff like that, because the people, the people who are trying to push all this, all this, uh, gender stuff, they're showing their hands too fast. I think a lot of that was reaction to, uh, the Trump pre- presidency. I think it was a lot of reaction to that, but they're showing their hand too fast. They've been, they've been pushing this, uh, kind of stuff for a long time, but they usually do it more subtly. But because of the time that we're living in now, uh, they're ramping it up, they're speeding it up, and the rest of the country, you know, people like you and me, are not ready for that, nor will we ever be ready for that. But we're really getting to see who we share a country with, because they're not trying to hide it anymore. Now we can actually see who is making apology, you know, who, who's apologizing, make, making excuses for the Cuties movie. You, you know, and I, I tell this, too, you can actually look in the movie reviews, and you can see just the, 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 the derisive tone that people like Roger Ebert have when he's trying to make excuses for this movie. Oh, they're just trying to, they're just trying to show what a terrible thing the sexual exploitation of children is. They're just trying to show how bad it is. Why don't these people <laughs> understand this? These are just conspiracy theorists. You know what though? Uh, I made a movie about how bad the sexual exploitation of children is. And I did not have to sexually exploit one child in order to make that movie. And I thought it came out, you know, I'm a little biased, but I thought it came out pretty good. Uh, so the excuse that, like, they had to show it, they had to actually exploit these child actors in order to get the message across. You know, Babylon B had a funny article, uh, Killing Puppies, to show how bad killing puppies is. Yeah. Uh, a new movie <laughs> on Netflix. And, but that, that, that's the ridiculous length that these people have to go to to make excuses for this stuff. So it's becoming easier to really see who's who. And to see, you know, who's playing for what team. And I really do believe we are in a uh, a majority here. And that majority, you know, usually we say silent majority, but I don't think that majority is is as silent anymore. So that's really encouraging to see. I think if we keep that up. Also, I just found out today, Facebook totally took down the uh, hashtag Save Our Children. Totally took it down. If you go to Facebook right now and and search uh, hashtag uh, Save Our Children, you might see one or two posts. So we we all have been trying to build that up for months now, just build that up with information about the sexual exploitation of children and just for Facebook to decide one day to delete it. So because of that and a lot of other a lot of other reasons, people are uh, ditching Facebook and going to parlor. So as long as we keep doing things like that, that's how we fight this fight. Uh, those are those are some ways that we can fight this fight, but we we have to keep standing up for children, realizing that uh, even when even when we're censored, we're not the victims. The children are the victims. They are the ones that are really being censored in all this. We're the ones that are trying to to fight for them, but we need to never uh, lose focus on uh, who the important you know person is here. It, it's it's these children. So again, that's why every copy of uh, Silent Cry, 100% of the profits go to Whispering Ponies Ranch to help ki- children who have been rescued from sex trafficking. They can get the movie at skywatchtvstore.com or Amazon. And I would ask, if wherever you watch it, please leave a review on Amazon because we're trying to convince Amazon to put it in their new release section uh, so more people can see the movie. And I, uh, when this movie first came out, there was one day There was one single day that I saw Silent Cry in their new release section, and then it was immediately taken out. 
I don't know why. I don't know if that's a censorship thing. I don't know. I don't know what the story behind that is. But I know that the more good reviews that this movie gets, you know, and give it an honest review. Don't just give it a five star review. If 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 I've deserved five stars, give me five stars. If I haven't, give me what you think I've deserved and tell me why, so I can improve the next movie I make. But uh, give it an honest review. But the more the more honest reviews that we get, the more good reviews that we get on Amazon, the more Amazon will be convinced it's worth. Uh, putting this movie out because ultimately what they care about is money. A lot of these companies are spineless. If there's enough outrage, and we've seen this, 500, uh, an, an angry mob, an angry Twitter mob of 500 pink-haired lunatics was able to take down Nike and make them totally uh, redesign their whole company, you know, and, and, and their whole focus and their whole uh, five, five, 500. Uh, that's it. So these companies are are pretty spineless. They they do cave. They they cave all the time. They're not going to cave to us as easy because there's more at stake, you know, for for them doing that. But okay, so that means that we need a thousand instead of five hundred. We can still do that, you know. That's still an easy task. Yeah. So it's just going to take all of us working together. Yeah. And what is the website again if they want to go directly uh, to to Skywatch and get this video? Absolutely. It is skywatchtvstore.com. And if they get it there, the movie comes with a whole bunch of bonus DVDs. We have extra documentaries that I produce specifically for this movie. So they're not available anywhere else. These are things that you can't get on Amazon. You can't get on YouTube. You can't get anywhere else. Um, so we have like the, the most recent developments in the Pizzagate scandal. What's fake news? What's conspiracy? What's actually real? There was a lot of real stuff with that. There was a lot of sensationalism too. We produced the DVD on that. We have, uh, a, a tw over 12 hour audio series with people from the movie and people that we wanted to get in the movie, but we couldn't get in due to COVID travel restrictions, uh, talking about all sorts of things, how to overcome a porn addiction. We talk more about satanic ritual abuse. Uh, we, we really, we really spread the whole gamut in that series and we have over 12 hours to work with. So we had a lot of time. We have satanic ritual abuse survivors. Uh, in there, and then we have other DVDs and, and things as well. But if people go to skywatchtvstore.com and just search for Silent Cry, they'll be able to find it there. Get that package. It's only a $35 donation for, uh, I think it's like a, almost $200 worth of materials. Wow. And once again, all profits go to uh, Whispering Ponies Ranch to help kids who really need it. Very good. Uh, I'll tell you what, you're doing a great thing. And if there's any way we can uh, help support you, you know, send us an email if we can you know, put you on our website or what we can do here. I mean, I don't have the following of uh, Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh, but my people buy stuff. They read books. They write reviews. They're a small army. And uh, let us know how we can help you. And Josh Peck, we hope you come back and visit us again soon and give us an update. Absolutely. Will do. And thank you so much again for having me on. Really appreciate it. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Wow. I have to tell you, uh, I had a hard time uh, in that interview, not getting too emotional. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't understand. I mentally cannot understand. I can't wrap my brain around this idea of people sexualizing children and these horrible things that these kids go through. It is just heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. Hey, I know money's tight for a lot of people right now, uh, but if you can buy this video, and, and like you said, write a review that helps that helps to get the word out. It's all about building awareness in our uh, country here. Also, if you have children, 
This is a discussion you need to have. You really do. And there's a lot of good resources you can find about how to talk to your kids about this kind of thing. Uh, it, it's something you really have to talk to them about at a young age. I'm sorry to say that. And it is a horrible you know, culture that we live in today that you have to bring this up with your kid who's in kindergarten or first grade, but better safe than sorry. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, incredible show tonight. Great guest. A lot of news. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. Hi, this is Dale Murray at Murray Ford Superstore in Kingsland, Georgia. Our new state-of-the-art facility is now open, and we're still putting the customer's needs first and cranking out the deals those big city dealers can't touch. It's no wonder everybody's driving to Murray Ford Superstore to purchase their new vehicle. It's simple. If Murray Ford Superstores doesn't have it, the manufacturer doesn't build it. Plus, you get a 15-year, 150,000-mile warranty included on every qualified new and pre-owned vehicle. Holy Jesus Aruba Batman, how do we do it? There's no reason for your purchase to take all day running around with those big city dealers and being flim-flammed with those big city prices. Nobody beats our prices, and I mean nobody. And we'll trade anything from aluminum cans to minivans. Be American, buy American, buy the all-new Murray Ford Superstore in Kingsland. Compare our prices online at ShazamAuto.com. Then come see me, Dale Murray, in Stark or Kingsland. I'll be waiting for you. And remember, at any Murray Superstore, it's all about you. Shazam! You gotta go to Gatto's, Gatto's. Hi, I'm Mike with Gatto's Tires and Auto Service. Since 1971, Gatto's has been Brevard's premier family-owned tire dealer, and we pride ourselves on offering our customers the best value for their money. When you buy tires from Gatto's, you get more than just quality tires at a great price. You get free alignment check, tire rotations, and free air pressure checks. We'll maintain the tires if you buy them from us. You gotta go to Gatto's for a huge selection, great pricing, and the best value in tires anywhere in Brevard. You gotta go to Gatto's, Gatto's.